Webeck's dream was to earn money by writing about real estate, but with no experience in the sector and no background in writing and no contacts in the real estate industry, that dream seemed just that, a dream. Until she took the plunge and did a short course in copywriting, and now here she is six years later with a flourishing, thriving business writing real estate copy for some of the country's top real estate agents earning a six-figure income and having the flexibility and freedom to be there for her family and see them grow up. In her own words, she's found her dream job. Hello, I'm Bernadette Schwert. I'm the founder of the Australian School of Copywriting and the head copywriting tutor at the Australian Writers' Centre. I've been a copywriter for over 30 years and I've trained over 9,000 people to become successful copywriters. And what I love most about my work is that I get to help people like Donna find their passion and help them turn that passion into a career. It never ceases to amaze me what enrolling in a short course can do and what a big impact it can have on a person's life. And Donna is a wonderful example of how having a dream and just taking one step at a time can lead you to the destination of your choice. The trick is to get started. Maybe you're already a copywriter and love it, but you want to have some connection with other copywriters and access to a community of like-minded collaborators. If so, Copy Club may be for you. You'll get access to our learning hub, job opportunities, our live Zoom group coaching calls, and much more. To find out more, please check out copyclub.com.au. And if you like this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And now let's hear from my very special guest and former student, Donna Wiebeck. Donna Wiebeck, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Bernadette. It's a privilege to be here. Excellent. Now, you're an expert in real estate copywriting, and I know that's very interesting for a lot of people. Can you talk to us about how you actually got into it? Sure. So um, one of the key things that I wanted after having children in my life was flexibility, a job that would provide me the chance to maybe work from home, do something that I love, but have that ability to still be a parent and be hands-on. Um, and I'd also always loved the written word. So finding a job that could encompass those things was important. Um, I had done um, some feature writing before, but found that it was a little bit hit and miss. So when I heard about copywriting and your courses, I thought that sounded like a great avenue to pursue, a bit more regular work. It sounded really interesting. Um, so I went down that path. Um, but at the back of my mind the whole time, I had this interest in real estate and real estate copy um, and a dream to be able to pursue that as my niche in copywriting. And talk to me about how you actually found your first client in copywriting, real estate or otherwise. Oh, well, so I was lucky with my first copywriting client. Um, it was a friend that I knew um, who was willing to take a chance for me, which was awesome. Um, but then with real estate copywriting, that took a little while from starting copywriting to getting to that point. Um, it, the first real estate agent I ever asked about, you know, where, who who writes these ads uh, for you? You know, is there a chance that you could pay someone to do it? He basically laughed in my face and was like, oh, no one pays for that. We just get our PAs to do it or our um, receptionist or something like that. But I was like a little bit deterred, but I thought, no, you know, I'll just put that in the back of my mind for now and just try and build some experience in copywriting. Um, but then by... So by sort of at the end of 2015, I'd done the course at the start of 2015. By the end of 2015, um, a real estate agent that I knew in a previous town that I lived 
reached out because he had was someone that I'd also asked about real estate copywriting and told me he had a listing that was a bit complicated. He wasn't really sure what to write. Was I still interested in tackling jobs like that? So and I jumped at the chance. So he was my first official real estate client. Um, and from there, once I felt like I had a portfolio, even though it was just two jobs, I put a little ad on LinkedIn saying that I was a real estate copywriter and was available to, to help real estate agents who were time poor. And um, I, got a, I got a nibble from that from a local real estate agent here on the Gold Coast who uh, six and a half years later I still work with today. And your list of, of real estate agents is extensive. <laughs> It just goes on and on, which shows that you're obviously doing something right. So just talk to me about those early stages where, you know, you you didn't know how to do it. This person's Mm -hmm. saying you're never going to get paid for that. What Mm -hmm. were some of the values that helped you get through those early stages in believing that this could be possible? It was just such a big dream of mine. Like I just... I wanted to write and I wanted, but not only that, I wanted to enjoy writing and my style of writing is very emotive and creative and I like adjectives and I knew that, um, you know, feature writing and some clients of copywriting, that's, you know, that just doesn't happen. It's more factual or, uh, you know, it it just can't be as colourful as you'd like to be. Mm. Um, So I had it in the back of my mind that real estate is where you could do those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I loved looking at houses. And it was when we were house hunting, actually, that I and I'd read the ads and I think, oh, these aren't making me feel anything. Surely there are other people out there like that who want to feel something before they go and visit a home. So it was all those sort of things in the back of my mind um, that sort of got me to that point where I was like, okay, no, real estate is where I want to go and where I, I think I can excel. Like I think my gifts are storytelling and being creating emotion. Um, so I just sort of worked with that as my guide in mind. Um, and, you know, just that so having the self-belief really, like just going, no, I'm not going to give up on this. I really, really want this to work. I never thought it would get to this point. <laughs> It's far exceeded my expectations. I never knew I'd be this busy or have that many clients or have clients in America and places like that. But there was just always that self-belief that there was a business here that could be built upon and I just wanted to throw everything at it till I I made something out of it. Amazing. And talk to me about the... um... The difference of copywriting to real estate copywriting, because people firstly tell me your version of what copywriting Mm. is and then talk to me about your version of real estate copywriting and how those two sort of modes differ. Mm, They are very different, actually. So real estate copywriting in some ways breaks a lot of rules for traditional copywriting. Um, You know, traditional copywriting has a lot, you know, more sort of short, sharp, sentences and things like that where there's a lot more flow um, in real estate copywriting where you're trying to really create that picture you're using a lot more adjectives um, but you're also still trying to be authentic but it's so much more about the storytelling and the emotional aspect there's it's not as clinical as some copywriting can be sometimes copywriting needs to be really clear and concise to get the point across whereas in real estate copywriting you need to be more emotive and expressive um there are some similarities though too because i know um show don't tell is so important both in traditional copywriting and very important in real estate copywriting um 
because it's quite easy. I think in the ads that aren't professionally written, you can tell because all they do is tell you about a house and it has a kitchen and it has four bedrooms and it has a nice big backyard. But then when you're showing it in real estate copywriting, you're talking about the kids and pets playing in the large backyard. You're talking about the convenience of having a butler's pantry to make cooking effortless. In a, you know, when you're talking about your kitchens, you're not just saying there's a kitchen with stainless steel appliances things like that. So there's so much more, um, there's so much more ability to really work on that show versus show don't tell aspect in real estate copywriting, because that's the key. You really want people reading to be able to picture themselves walking through the house while they're reading the ad and show don't tell is the perfect way to do that. I think some people might think that real estate is real estate, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, (laughs) one driveway. Does it really matter all the other gumph around it. But when I read your website and I looked at some of the listings that you've got on at the moment, I thought it really makes a difference. And it's exactly as you said, it painted the picture of the lifestyle and the family. And I'm the copywriter Mm. and I'm still going, because I there is that little bit of me going, Mm. when I'm looking for a property, I do look for the the basics. But you're quite right. It was about the storytelling and it was about the ability to show, you know, what's the potential of this. Um, Yeah. So do you ever come across that with real estate agents who go, you know, I don't need all that. I just want the basics. Yeah. And look, it has been quite an education process over the last six and a half years um, with agents because there is a belief out there that the words don't matter quite as much as everything else in marketing. Um, I did have an awkward situation once at a digital marketing event that I attended for real estate agents. I introduced myself as a real estate copywriter. Uh, the lady next to me announced to everyone that um, no one reads the words anyway, which uh, before I could even respond to an agent who was standing next to me, jumped in and leapt to my defence and said, oh, no, I love my copywriter. It makes all the difference in the world having a professional um, look after that part of my business and it's led to great success with sales. Um, so, you know, th- there is that belief out there, but I I try to... Because I understand people are time poor and don't. there's not always the people who do like to immerse themselves in the paragraphs and the written word and they lay, are more time poor and just want to know how many bathrooms, how many bedrooms, things like that. So I, I, I draft my scripts in such a way that I aim to meet both um, needs. So I'll have the descriptive paragraphs at the top where it really paints the picture with words. And then for those people who are time poor or not so interested in um, in reading the, you know, the lengthier descriptions, that's when I have um, the property specifications and it's more in bullet point form and people can still see something that's well written but a lot easier to digest. That's good. It really shows you understand your target market, that there's two kinds of buyers out there. And I think for those who are time poor, they might just check the, the specs and then when yep. they approve that they go back to read the more emotive copy so yeah. you know I guess they're going to read it eventually so maybe um what kind of actual copy do you write I mean we've got the obvious you know listings mm. that you see on domain or you know realestate.com but talk us through the actual pieces of copy that you do create okay so um the bulk of my work and why I started was listings um because that was where I found the niche originally that there was room to improve there 
Um, but there's also a lot of scope to do other projects in real estate copywriting. So award submissions, because real estate agents really like winning awards. Um, and they, because they are time poor, they don't often have time to um, write up these really lengthy and involved award submissions. So I help a lot of agents with those, which has really helped, uh, really been a really great experience. Um, then there's basic things like uh, staff bios, because agents really need to keep up to date with, you know, their sales figures and numbers. So every year they usually like to update their bios to be more refreshed and you know, have the, you know, up-to-date figures of what they've sold and things like that. Um, they send out newsletters and EDMs, things like that. So I'll help with those. Um, marketing brochures. Um, and I also will do websites as well too for um, agents who um you know, just starting their own business or agency might not be part of a franchise. So they need their own website written. So um, I do those as well. So it's quite a broad array of content, mm. isn't it? Just happens to be within the niche of, yes. uh, of real estate. Yeah. So what about um, time? Like people often ask, how long does it take to actually write mm. something like this? And do you have to go and visit the property or can you look at it online to get the feel for it? So it's a mix of both. Um, so obviously when your clients are in America, you can't go and visit them, unfortunately, even though I'm trying to work out a way to make that happen in the future. Um, so it's a mix. You can definitely do both. Uh, with my local clients here on the Gold Coast, I do go and visit a lot of the properties, mostly because they're quite high-end homes too, and there is a lot to see, feel, touch, immerse yourself in. And you do get a better feel for it when you're walking through a house. Um, I can get a sense of a place quite quickly when I'm there. Um, and it can be different to just looking at it on, on the screen on, in pictures. Um, so my preference is always to be able to go and view a house, but it does take more time out of your day as well too. Um, there's the travel time, then there's the time at the property, there's the time talking to the vendor and the agent you've got to travel back and then there's the time to write it up so it is a lengthier process to be on site um, which is why I always charge more for that sort of work um, but remote is definitely possible too um, you know with, I've got you know clients in Perth and Armadale and Sydney and Victoria through Victoria um, so for them the way I do it is they have a checklist that they complete for me, which gives me all the basic information, all the features and benefits. Um, I also have a question on there, um, what will the vendors miss the most of the house? So it really gives me a feel for what the key selling points will be for that property. Um, and then sometimes I'll also have a chat with the vendors as well too. So if just to get a more of a sense for the property, but that's not always necessary. Um, and then Google is like your best friend, you just get onto Google, look up the address, see how close it is to schools and shops, cafes and parks, do a street view so you can see what everything looks like in the surrounding area. And then once you're starting to write for an agency more regularly, like um, so one of my clients in Armadale who I've been working with for about four years, I wouldn't have been in Armadale personally for maybe 10 years I feel like I know that city so well. I know where I know the streets in South Armadale, in North Armadale. I know the best schools to go to. I know the cafes they go to. Like you just become really familiar with the place the more that you you write up the listings for your clients. So yeah, there's there's a side hustle for you. It's like a trip advisor, trip know, advisor for yes. uh, for real estate. <laughs> yes, but yeah. I got to ask the question: Are you ever tempted to um, you know not poke around in drawers and cupboards and stuff? Because oh. 
that's the thing, isn't it? No one's there half the time when you're probably doing your work. But uh, is it is it about being really curious about how people live? And I know you wouldn't do that, yeah. but you got to. I reckon I'd be tempted. I wouldn't, but I'd be going. Yes. How do, how do these people live? What, you know, what's in their cutlery drawer? What's in their bathroom yes. cabinet, you know? Yes. No. Well, no, funnily enough, I have never been tempted to do that till now maybe. Well, maybe it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really interesting to see how other people live. Um, and what I find most of a relief is that most people are so normal. Like they're living in these multi-million dollar houses and there are the beautiful, lovely, down-to-earth people when you meet them there and they're just so lovely. Or they're just like us and are time poor, juggling everything. The house is a mess. Um, breakfast is still left on the counter. There's clothes on the floor and shoes strewn throughout the house. And I'm stepping through all of these while I'm writing my notes. And I think, thank God, like my house I just left looks like this. You know, I'm not the only person who doesn't have time to do everything in the morning. So it's comforting in that way as well. Do you ever come across a house where the taste is questionable and you go, oh, "Oh, how am I going to market this? Yes, there's definitely some interesting homes, but I always like to see the best in everything. So there's always a redeeming feature. So even even if some houses, because I do, I do write up houses, not just luxury homes of all price points. There's always a redeeming feature that you can find, even if it's just that they can renovate it and flip it and make a profit. You know, that I find I'll, I'll make that the hook on my script. Um, or if it's in a really great family-friendly location, I'll, I'll make that the feature of my script. Um, you know, things like that. So I, there's always going to be something redeeming that I can find that I can make my my focus. Um, some houses are just write themselves because they're so amazing. Others you sort of have to dig a little bit deeper and probe around to find what's going to be the the key way to really sell it. But um, it's I've I've never come across one that I've uh, that's defeated me yet. That's a fantastic uh, position to be in. So <laughs> yeah. People probably think, how long does it take to write? Like on average. How many hours would it take? Um, let's say the ones that you visit, and assuming you know you've got some travel time, but just on yes. average, mm. that plus the writing, is it four hours per listing? Two hours? What is it? Oh uh, well, I think the thing to point out too is you do get quicker over time as well. Um, I know when I first started, by the time I visited a property and wrote it up, it would probably be about three, three and a half hours um, of work. But now um, visiting a property and writing up an ad is probably two hours work, um, if that sometimes. And sometimes writing a property remotely, um, say with my Armadale ones, you know, that I know the area so well now, you know, I can write that up in 40 minutes or something like that. Um, But then when I get a new client, I've just started working with someone in Mackay. I'm not that familiar with the area. So there's still a large component of not just writing, but researching in that as well too. So that might be taking me an hour and a half to write whereas you know by the time I get more familiar with their streets and their you know all the key places in that suburb um, I'll have that down to sort of like an hour or something like that but it's best when you can't when you don't have to be rushed um, and you can really take the time to research a place as well as write about it I think that gets the best results for the vendors and and the and the agents as well too. What's the, the turnaround time that you generally get given? Oh, my God. At the moment, yes, they, they want everything yesterday because everything is um, 
everything sellers want things sold straight away so generally I I used to always give a 24 to 48 hour guaranteed turnaround time I've had to push it out a little bit lately to 30 to 48 hours but it is still so important when you're a real estate copywriter to be fast and be flexible with your time um, because it is a really fast moving industry so if you can keep up and meet the demands that they give you, then you can be really successful because the easier you make their life, the more likely they're going to come back to you for more work. So that's what I've found in the last six and a half years anyway. Let's talk about the business of mm-hmm. your business. So let's, what tips would you give to a copywriter starting out that maybe, you know, wants to build a real estate copywriting business or even just a copywriting business in general? What mm. did you do that you found to be incredibly effective in the, in the early stages? Well, well, doing your courses. Uh, So I did the copywriting essentials and the um, business related course, because you don't know what you don't know. So having that extra information gives you that peace of mind and and knowledge that, uh, you know, you've got a foot, you know, you've got a foothold somewhere that you can come back to in a basis to build upon. Um, So that was really important to me as well, um, to get that basis of knowledge. But the funny thing is, I think with my business is I never actually realised I was building anything um I just wanted to be paid to write about something that I loved and real estate was what I loved writing about so it was never about building a business or having some sort of successful empire or anything like that it was just simply I wanted to write real estate and I wanted someone to pay me for it and the rest of it seemed to just sort of happen organically (laughs) in the background without me putting too much um time effort and focus into it. I was putting time, effort and focus into it, but it just wasn't my, the be all and end all. It was more like, I just, just want to find some clients that will um, let me write their listings for them and I'll get a little bit of money in return. So it feels like because you're so passionate about doing it, it didn't feel like you were selling yourself. No, no. And I always felt like my passion was the driver actually towards the growth um, and the success. And I feel like it probably helped me find clients and keep clients too, because I wasn't just any copywriter there to just make a quick buck and do a job and get paid for it. Like I had and still have such a huge interest in real estate and property. And I feel like I have a vested interest in every house of mine that I write up that I see sold. I get so, I'm so proud. Like I feel like I'm part of the, I mean, I'm the tiniest part of the whole process, but I feel like I've achieved something as well too. I love seeing the houses that I write up get sold and I'm so, yeah, I'm so emotionally invested in the whole process. I I love hearing about the vendors because you get to, you know, when you're on site, you get to sort of form a bond with them when you're there and you love knowing that they got a great result. So it's all, yeah, like it's all, it's just part of me now. Like it's not a job. It's just part of who I am. Donna, your personality is so effervescent and bubbly and positive, you know, so I imagine that's been fundamental as to how you've succeeded. What about people who aren't that? (laughs) People who may be a bit shyer or a little bit more introverted or don't have that confidence to to turn up to a conference and just speak or market themselves. Mm. What what tips would you give to people who struggle a little bit with that sense of, um, you know, personal confidence? Because confidence is a big deal for a lot of people and not everyone has that tips this is the thing I am an introvert I classify myself as an introvert and I do struggle with things like that like pushing myself to go to conferences and stuff like that is a big deal but again it was just like I just had that 
dream of this being, you know, not not being a successful business, but honestly, of just having a job that I loved, like doing something that I loved. So it was those sorts of things that would make me sort of get out of my head and and go along to those things thinking, okay, I'm, I don't really want to go to this event. Um, the inside of me, I'm quivering. But it was like, if I can just meet one person and get one connection, that could make all the difference. And every time I've put myself out there, it has it has come to that. I've always met someone, done something, um, I remember, yeah, going to like a women in real estate business night. Again, walking into a room, not knowing anyone, feeling like I could vomit at the thought of being there and meeting this um, beautiful lady who's actually a real estate coach. And so that was probably about three years ago. And, um, yeah, I got work out of like she was like, oh, I need someone to write prospecting letters for me. That's another thing that I do. Um and then she has got so she works with so many real estate agents across Australia as well because she's a coach. She has introduced me to so many people um, who who she's coaching and saying, okay, you need to stop doing your own copywriting. I'm going to introduce you to Donna and she can give you a quote to see if she can do it for you. Um, you know, so just doing things like that has just really paid off. So feeling the fear and doing it anyway <laughs> has really helped. Um, and, you know, and I, I often, yeah, have to push myself to do these things. And then when I come back and it's been successful, you're always sort of glad you've done it. But, you know, I still have to do things to make sure that I recover from stuff like that, have my downtime, lose myself in a book on the weekend, get a massage, stuff like that to get my equilibrium back. Um, so, you know, yeah, I do. Yeah, it doesn't come naturally to me, but I guess over time it's just a practice and you get that belief in like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I've done it before. I can do it again. I think that's really comforting for a lot of people to hear that because I think the perception is that it, it, it would come easy to you because it feels like that's your nature, but it's not. So it's kind of no. lovely, number one. And number two, you've unpacked a few things which I think is worth mentioning, and that is, mm. um, and I say this to my students in the business course, that you need to have a hook or a pull, mm. you know, that's going to pull you through those times when you're really nervous or yes. you're really shy. Because if you let that take hold, you're going to just stay in bed, right? But yeah. if you had that dream for you, it was like the dream to get paid to write copy for real yeah. estate. That was the thing yeah. that just drove you to get paid for that. And for some people, it might be not working for a boss. For some people, yeah. it might be not doing the commute. It might be just to, um, you know, be at home with the children. So everyone's got their hook as to yes. what drives them. And I say to my students, try and get really clear about that vision or that sound or that feeling because mm. that's the thing that you're going to need when the going gets tough, you know, like yes. to go to a conference. So that was something I just really wanted to draw attention to. And the second one was your idea that you just want one client because mm. I think what happens for some people is they go, oh, I need 10 clients oh, no you you need one right and suddenly mm. if you just know you want one it becomes yep. a doable task rather yes. than this insurmountable I've got to build a business it's like no you need one customer and yes. a small customer you know who pays you yep. the minute you've been paid you've got a business oh god and that one customer so I mentioned before the who was the second official customer that I had who I still work with today just he has made such a huge difference to my business. And it was that same thing too, just needing the one customer. And he has referred me on countless times over the years. So saved me from doing marketing and going to events and things like that. If you can just get that one customer, keep them really happy and impress them, the business grows off the back of that anyway. It's true. It, the, the best measure of work tomorrow is good work today. 
Mm. And if you just focus, because a lot of students say, well, how do I, you know, keep getting new clients? I say, just focus on the job you're doing and do your very best with that and go above, you know, the the call of duty, work harder than you need to, do more research than you need, especially in the early days, because it's all fodder for you becoming better at what you do and and not so much count the hours. And I know that's, you've got to at some point Mm. count the hours because you may be putting in 10 hours for like a one hour job. But in the early days, it's a bit like, acting or singing or any kind of vocation you you do it because you love it and you do it because you want to get better at it and you don't really count the hours and it's only when you get to in a more professional sense and you've talked about this already about you're down to 40 minutes right so Mm. that's when you want to be very efficient but I think there's some value in just doing it for the the part of it Absolutely. I did not count the hours at all. I didn't know have an hourly rate. I didn't care how long it took. I just wanted to do the absolute best job. And if it took me all day, that's what it was going to take. Like I was there for the long haul. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't thinking about profit ratios or anything like that. It was just, I'm going to get this right and I'm going to impress this person. Uh, and if I can keep them happy, who knows what could happen next. Um, and that's, that's really what helped grow my business. And, and Donna, you kind of, I'm very proud of what you've achieved because you've implemented so many of the things that we talk about in the course, like for the business course, we talk about finding partners, strategic mm-hmm. alliances, you know, why just go one-to-one with a client, we can go to that real mm-hmm. estate coach and they mm-hmm. can give you access to their network. And so I think you've really embodied that concept of, of building partnerships and it's not, you know, super official ambassadorial mm-hmm. sponsorship yeah. thing. It's just one person who happens yep. to have the client base that you want to be in front of. They're the people you should be targeting. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I found that in other pathways too. There's photographers, there's real estate photographers, and we're often um, videographers, floor planners, we're off stylists. We often meet at properties and so we get to know each other. Um, and people will ask, I'll ask, have people say to me, can you recommend um, a great real estate photographer? So I will do that. Uh, and I know the real estate photographers when they said, hey, do you happen to know a copywriter? I know that they'll recommend me too. So that circle is definitely, you know, that network is wider now than when it first started. But, yeah, everyone's sort of looking out for each other and happy to, to help out and give back. And now, of course, you're a tutor yourself in yes. copywriting for real estate. Talk us through about how that happened and who who, who does those kinds of courses with you. Um, yeah, so it was, um, it sort of evolved over time. Again, not something that I ever really thought about doing in the past, but I'd get so many emails from people asking how to break into real estate copywriting. Um, where do I find clients? How much do I charge? Um, how do I build a business? How do I break into it? So um, it got to the point where I thought, okay, I'm going to really need to put something together here. So that was where where the idea for, for tutoring people came um and it's been yeah really well it's only just started but it's been really well received which is great what are some of the ways people can break into it um so i find that leveraging your network is important like um if somebody might know somebody in your circle who is a real estate agent um, who can give you an introduction because I, I know firsthand how hard it is to cold call and cold email and get Uh, I did try all of that and it didn't work. In the end, it took me knowing someone to get that very first listing written up. Um, And then I was able to to market and cold call and do all sorts of things because I had a portfolio to back me up. Um, But so either, yeah, leverage your your, um, 
your network, people that you know. It's sometimes not what you know, but who you know when you're starting out. I know that's not always ideal, but there's always somebody who knows someone who can might be able to help you and that you will find clients in the most unexpected places. Um, this is what I've told some of my students before and people who I've chatted to about it. Like, And I think this is something you have learned in the course with you too, is, you know, like always having that elevator pitch ready and you know to tell people because you never know where you're going to find clients I was at a funeral once and I was making small talk with somebody at a wake and about you know oh yeah so what do you do for a living oh I'm actually a real estate copywriter he's like oh I work for and he named off the his um company that he was working for he's like we're looking for people to write our bios up like oh well let's give me a call so you know you really don't know where these clients might be lurking. I certainly wasn't prospecting at a funeral for one. It was more just general conversation. (laughs) So it's like when you're at kids' birthday parties or Uh, I say that, don't I, planes and barbecues and sporting events and, you you know, just talking to the checkout person. You know, Mm -hmm. you just don't know who knows who. And as long as you've got that marketing antenna up in a Mm -hmm. gentle way, um, I think it's always, you're always prospecting at some level. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. So I just found that, yeah, like, you know, just, yeah, being aware and looking out for it. Um, Yeah. So finding that first client can be hard. Um, but once you've got that first one down pat and like, and then I think the key is to really impress them just so much and then anything's possible after that. And sort of the last question, what's the future of, of real estate copywriting? Because we're getting more into VR and mm. augmented reality and where are you seeing the copywriting world for real estate going in the future? Well, I still feel like there's always going to be a need um, for the written word to play its part. During COVID, pandemic, lockdowns, things like that, private inspections, it did get, it was a lot more important because people couldn't physically see the home. So agents were throwing everything at every aspect of their marketing because they knew that every part of it had to really hit the point um, because it was, you know, they couldn't hold open homes. So they needed the photos to be on point, the copy to be on point. Um, everything had to be, you know, up to scratch. But I still feel like there's always going to be a place for real estate copywriting, especially in a market like this as well, um, even if it's just to help agents to get through their busy days because they have never been busier or more time poor. And that was one of the key angles that I took when I was trying to market myself as a real estate copywriter in the start, trying to, as you know, what's in it for me mentality. I was, in, you know, looking at their pain points and going, okay, what, what is it that you know, frustrates them and it's that they just don't have enough hours in their day and when it comes to writing ads for them, they can labour over that for hours and it's generally after hours. So I was like, wouldn't you rather be at home with your family at night after a long day in the office? You know, I can help you out with the words. You take care of the selling, I'll look after the words. Um, so I feel like it doesn't matter where the future of the industry goes with VR and things like that, there's still always going to be a need a copy because there's always going to be people like me um, that when they're when they're reading a magazine a book or whatever they're still picturing in their mind what they're reading so there'll still always be that that market out there who will need that you know well-written copy one last question if you can answer it because mm. i know people are curious is what can you get paid as a copywriter for real estate Oh, that, yeah, that varies. Um, and look, this has been quite an education process as well too because there is the thought out there that um, that for the people who think that nobody reads the words, they think they can pay you 50 bucks to put together a script and that's like 
a hell of a lot of money, but it's, yeah, it is so much more involved in that. If anyone ever offers to pay you $50, please say no, because <laughs> you're worth so much more than that. Um, yes, yeah, starting out, my prices were quite low, I'll admit. Um, and it's only as I have gotten more experienced, my clients have gotten more high end and had bigger budgets that I've been able to charge more. Um, so, you know, starting out, you've just got to really think about, you know, how much time that it's going to take you, um, or what you think the value is going to bring um, to the agent. But starting out, if you're looking at around that, you know, 100 to 150 marks, something like that for remotely, um, almost doubling that for being on site because it does take double the time. Um, but you do have to be prepared for pushback and to educate your clients that it is actually worth that. Um, and often sometimes the stumbling block can come up that most of the time it's all vendor paid advertising so agents can be a little bit nervous about the fact that um, this money's got to come out of their vendors pockets and that they might not understand the value they the agent might understand the value but the vendor might not um, so it's a bit of an education process as well but there's you know there's there's clients out there who really appreciate it and will pay um, and I have been so lucky to work with so many of those and um been able to yeah build a really successful six-figure business as a result of it and you have and that's I think really inspiring for people to hear that they don't need to undercut their prices or do it mm. for free you know for too long so oh, I think you're gorgeous. a great inspiration Donna and thank you very much for being on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and insights with us all oh my absolute pleasure if it's helped one person I'll be really happy thanks Donna Writing real estate copy and getting paid to do so was Donna's dream. But what's your dream? What do you love doing? What's your passion? Chances are there are businesses out there in that sector who need copywriters just like you to help them market their business. And if you have that existing knowledge or special skill, you're always going to have a better chance of being selected because you've already got that expertise needed to write with authority. If you'd like to get paid to write about your favorite hobby or passion, Copywriting is the best way to make that happen. You could enrol in a short course or you could join Copy Club, Australia's most innovative and dynamic community for copywriters. With Copy Club, you can find your tribe, access our incredible video series and unlock a host of templates that will give you the confidence you need to take your copywriting business to the next level. To find out more, check out copyclub.com.au. My joke of the day, what did the buffalo say when his son left for college? Bye, son. And my tip of the day, you don't need to be a paid or published copywriter to create your copywriting portfolio. Just write some copy for a fictional company, turn it into a flyer or a brochure using Canva, and use that to kickstart your portfolio. If you like this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's it from me. All the best. Take care and bye-bye.